Welcome to Living Word Ministries with director and Bible teacher, Debbie Blank. Each week, Debbie examines current events through the lens of end times Bible prophecies. Please visit our website for information and past programs at livingwordministry.org. Now let's open our Bibles to focus on truths from God's Word with Debbie Blank. On March 24th, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill called H.R. 5, the Parents' Bill of Rights Act. The bill passed along party lines, which isn't surprising these days, and that's probably going to happen in the Senate, which means that the bill will not officially pass because the Senate will not support it. When I read this, though, I wondered, what's happened in our country? that we have to have a law which gives us parents the rights over our children. And what's happened to our lawmakers, that this and almost every other bill either passes or fails along party lines. Do our elected officials not have a mind of their own? Can they not agree on the importance of the family and parental involvement in our kids' education? I'm Debbie Blank. Today, we're going to discuss this bill and look to the Bible to understand the importance and our responsibilities in the family. And I'm co-host Jackie Sailors. Parental rights end when you decide to send your kids to public school. That's an actual comment from an attorney conducting a recent training session for teachers and school board members in New Mexico. Yes, state officials have trained teachers and school boards that parents have no rights when it comes to their kids. As astonishing as that may seem, these statements are on videotape if you want to hear it for yourself. This attorney, Andrew Sanchez, also mocked parents, the founding fathers, and religious freedom. He then claimed that teaching radical ideology was simply civic duty so that kids will ultimately know what political affiliation they want. Some of the same ideology was expressed right here in Nebraska at a recent legislative committee hearing on a proposed bill banning pornographic literature in Nebraska K-12 schools. Many parents spoke out, yet at the end, the sponsor of the bill sadly admitted that it probably won't get anywhere this session. Why not and how is this happening? It's happening in Nebraska, too, as you just said. Do we parents and grandparents have any idea what our kids are learning, what they're being exposed to in the school districts? How sad it is because the public schools that we attended aren't the same as they were back then. We think they are, so we assume our kids are getting good, solid educations and educations without an agenda. But that's not the case. That's why they needed this Parents' Bill of Rights Act. It was designed to do several things, each with the overreaching goal of ensuring that parents know what's going on in their children's classrooms. I mean, that seems to be a given, but it's not anymore. Consider that our kids are in school, give or take 35 to 40 hours a week, certainly more than anything else they do besides sleep. They are influenced by everything they learn in school, from their peers and what they're learning, too, from their teachers, whom we teach them to respect and honor, so they assume that the teachers are speaking truth and they should listen to what they're being taught. So that's how I was taught as a kid. Well, it's not happening that way anymore. And we as parents need to take an active role in our kids' education. You see, our educational system may be free in the public school system, 
But it's really not. We as parents pay for it with our taxes to the tune of several thousand dollars. But more importantly, we're the parents of those children. We have a responsibility as their parents to know what they're being taught, to intervene when we see things that are not biblical, not moral, and not ethical. And yet when parents do intervene, they're being called terrorists. That's why we needed a bill called the Parents' Bill of Rights Act so that parents who wish to speak out, ask questions, and share their concerns about curriculum, how they'll be able to do it. We should be able to with our First Amendment rights of free speech. And yet, in some cases, they're being called terrorists. According to the National School Boards Association letter that they wrote to President Biden, they said that the country's public schools and its educational leaders are under an immediate threat from parents and called verbal confrontations and other incidents at local school board meetings across the country, quote, domestic terrorism and hate crimes. So if I disagree with what someone is saying or doing in a school, I'm a terrorist? It's a hate crime? What happened to our free speech? Well, I think it's really terrible to think that parents have to put up with that when they have a direct connection to their very own children and how they're being educated and what's coming from the classroom into the home as well. But I also think that people who are not parents, people who are not grandparents, don't have anybody in the local school system have every right to come to those meetings and ask the same questions because, as you said, they are taxpayers too. And one of the reasons that it's important for the public to pay for public school education is so our society will be educated. It's the kind of society that you're going to have as you grow older, as your friends and as their children grow older. It's the kind of tool that the communists use to infiltrate and to turn a country into a communist country. They start with the education system and they try to get kids when they're younger so that they don't know any better. And then they foster this disrespect for the parents by having them hold back information from their parents as well. So parents have a responsibility to know what's going on and they have the duty and the right. But so do other citizens who don't have children in the school system, I would encourage them to also be very interested in what's going on because it's your society as well. Jackie, you mentioned disregard for parents. Our kids are being taught that they can make their own decisions regardless of what their parents say. And yet they are under the authority of their parents until they're 18 years old. So in effect, they're being taught to disregard their parents or disrespect their parents, which is really disheartening as we try and educate our kids, and yet they have this idea in the back of their minds that they don't have to listen to us. Fortunately, one of the good things that came out of COVID was parents started seeing what their kids were learning. They understood the CRT that they're being taught, the explicit sex that is being taught to young children, and even to high schoolers, sexual content that is embarrassing, actually pornographic to read. They're being taught transgenderism at young ages with people coming into the schools promoting that. And of course, we're hearing a lot about how children are being encouraged to change their sex at ages that they can't even make a decision to go across the street or to go to a movie with a friend, but they're being encouraged to make those sexual decisions. Well, when the parents saw this, they started taking action. That's when they started going to school board meetings. You may recall that 
the now Virginia Governor Youngkin actually won his conservative bid for governorship in a blue state because he ran on parental rights. So he won. I had mentioned earlier a statement by the National School Boards Association. Well, later, Attorney General Merrick Garland was caught on a mic in 2021 offering legal aid to states when parents ask questions. In other words, to protect the school board members and the schools just from the parents asking questions. What is our federal government doing getting involved in decisions like this? That's, again, why we need this Parents' Bill of Rights Act. One of the key goals in crafting the bill was to ensure that when parents speak out, they don't have to worry about the federal or local governments because they have a right to free speech. Now, obviously, if there's a physical altercation, that has to be dealt with differently. But when you're talking about verbiage, we should be able to say what's important to us and speak the truth. One situation that has come out of all of this is that children are leaving the public schools. According to the Census Bureau statistics, 11.1% of K-12 grade students are now homeschooled. That's compared to 3.3% before COVID. That is a huge jump, triple how many kids were homeschooled. The National Catholic Education Association has seen a rise from 1.63 million to 1.69 million students in their schools, which is 3.5% increase. And ACSI, the Association of Christian Schools International, has seen a 12% increase in their schools, all since COVID started, once parents started seeing what their kids were learning. That's huge. That's 10% of our kids who are being educated outside the public system when it used to be only 2 to 3%. Now, I applaud those parents for taking their children's education to heart and doing what they believe is right for them. Unfortunately, those other 90% can't afford to or don't have the time to be able to homeschool their kids. So they have to send their kids to public schools. And of course, there's some people who want to because they agree with the direction of the public schools. But something has to change. And it's the 90% that are in the public schools that for the most part will be leading our country in the next 20 years. And what morality or cultural experiences will they be promoting at that time? So it is really, really important because, again, with 90% of the kids being indoctrinated, or at least a certain percentage of that 90%, having that bent being put into them, that's the way our culture is going to go. So it's everybody's business. So what is our responsibility as parents regarding training up our children and regarding their education? Well, the primary purpose of the family is to raise a godly heritage in our children so that we can give honor and glory to Jesus Christ and impact our culture in a positive, biblical, Christ-honoring way. That's our job as parents. Unfortunately, we're relegating it to people who have a different belief system than us. Now, consider biblically as parents, we have a couple of major responsibilities. One, according to Genesis 1, and 28, is procreation. Now consider that almost every major country in the world right now is not procreating in order to sustain their own country. We are not having children as we used to because instead of seeing children as a blessing of the Lord, we're seeing them as a responsibility or a financial obligation or something that just doesn't fit in with our own personal agenda. 
because we have become more self-focused rather than God-honoring and God-focused. Another, of course, responsibility of parents you can read about in Ephesians 5, 22 to 33, that compares the marriage, the husband and wife relationship with Christ and the church. And in that passage, husbands are told to love their wives. Wives are instructed to submit and to respect their husbands. Those are the things that each of us needs in a marriage. And if we will do that and listen to God's directive that he hates divorce and that marriage is between one man and one woman for life, if we will follow that, then we have the foundation that will build the family that will train up our children and will honor our Lord Jesus Christ. The family is the first institution that God actually put into place before there was government, before there were schools, before there was even a church, a temple, any other form of institution God blessed, he blessed the family. That's the importance that he puts on it. It's the importance that we need to put on it as a culture as well. That's right. So once we procreate and we have children and we have a husband and wife relationship that God called us to have, our responsibility is to disciple our children. We're the first discipleship making that we do with our children that ensures the benefit of every other institution that you just talked about. Because if our children are trained up properly by us, they will properly be involved and lead these other institutions. Consider Ephesians 6, 4. that says, Father, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. It is primarily the father's responsibility to lead in that nurturing and that discipline and that instruction. Now, certainly the mother's involved and the father may delegate a lot of it to the mother, but ultimately it's his responsibility to train up his children. How sad is that in our culture? Because we have so many families who are fatherless, where the mother is working a couple of jobs to take care of the kids. And the kids have no father figure to follow the instructions of the Lord. And then, of course, we're told in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he's old, he will not depart from it. That is so significant because children, by the time they're age five, have learned the basic foundation of everything that they're going to follow the rest of their lives. Now, they have a lot more to learn and a lot more both knowledge-wise and in a relationship and discipline-wise. But they learn truth, they learn discipline, they learn character, they learn all those things by the time they're five. And that's our job as parents, to train them up in those ways. So it's so important to take that seriously. And I know with people being so busy in this modern age and both parents working, and it just seems like they're so crunched for time, and they used to be able to trust the school, so it became easy to kind of delegate that training to the school system. Well, when we were younger, we know that there was a lot more of a Christian value-type foundation to our education, and now it's quite the opposite. If you don't realize that and you trust the school system to raise your children, you're making a big mistake. Jackie, I'm glad you mentioned that because it is so hard for our families these days with the husband working and the wife working to come home and spend time with their kids and pay attention to what they're learning and growing and and to discipline them as well as discipling them. It is very difficult. So we have to make choices. What's important in our lives? Is it that? 
taking care of our children and training them up? Or is it our own pleasures, the things that we do on the sidelines? While we may work all day and be tired in the evenings, we still have time over the dinner table while we're making dinner and during dinner. We have time before the kids go to bed. We have relationships with them on Saturday and Sunday. Just because our kids are busy as can be with sports and other activities doesn't mean that we can't have an active part in encouraging them and training them in all those activities. So we just have to make a concentrated effort, just as we do every day, making an effort to be with our Lord in prayer as well as in the Word of God. We need to make that effort of being with our children and taking the responsibility to train them up properly. When you talked about how diligently we need to do those things and how we need to find the time to do those things, it does remind me of a verse that I know you want to bring up that has to do with teaching our children truth, but it also has to do with how you go about doing it. Oh, yes. In Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9, it reads, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. Now, right there, God's saying, It's a command that you are to love God. And it's not only a command, but it's supposed to be so important to us that it's on our hearts. It's something that we want to do and we diligently do all the time. So based on that, he says in Deuteronomy 6, 7, you shall teach them, what's that? The truths of God. You shall teach them diligently. That means it's the most important thing you can do. You should teach God's word to them diligently to your sons, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Well, is there any other thing that we do during the day but walk and sit and lie down and rise up? The point here is that all the time, 24-7, we're to be using our time with our children instructively to grow them in the Lord, to talk about the Lord to them. It's interesting, I'm reading a book right now on the faith of Elvis. His brother, or technically his stepbrother, wrote it, and he talks about how Elvis, from the time he met him at age six, Elvis always talked about Jesus. He always talked about the Word of God, always had a Bible on the bedside, always took a Bible with him every time he traveled, and shared with these kids who Jesus Christ was and the importance of everything regarding Jesus. And he even didn't like being called the king because Elvis always said, there is only one king and that's Jesus Christ. So I found that interesting because Elvis didn't take these kids to Sunday school or sit them down in front of a TV to watch a minister. He talked to them all the time about Jesus. Now there's a debate there as to what Elvis's life was like with Jesus but certainly his heart was to share them with other people. And then Deuteronomy 6, 8 goes on to say, you shall bind them, that's God's word, as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Well, the Jews take that literally, and they actually walk around with little boxes on their foreheads and on their arms with the word of God in them, and they write them on their doorposts called mezuzahs, They put scripture in there. The focus of this passage, though, is that it's our responsibility as parents to teach our kids truth. 
We cannot rely on our churches that get maybe 45 minutes a week to train up our kids in the Lord when they get 35 to 40 hours a week in the classroom teaching them other ways. If you follow what you just read in Deuteronomy 6, 5 through 9 as a parent or even as a friend, um, as someone that has an influence in a child's life, we talk about knowing the truth so well that when a counterfeit comes along, you will recognize it immediately. And that's what came to mind. If someone is diligently teaching a child the truth, they will know the truth so well that they're not going to be able to be fooled by the lies of the world. You know, my kids are grown now. I've already trained them up in the way of the Lord, and I have grandchildren. I'm now training my grandchildren. It's not my job. It's my. It's their parents' job. But I have the opportunity to share Jesus, to be Jesus with them, to let them see the love of Jesus through me. I'm just as responsible because I'm still part of their family. And every opportunity I get, I want them to be disciplined in the Lord and discipled and to know the truth. And speaking of discipline, it's important that we discipline our children. They need that. Ephesians 6, 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, for this is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Colossians 3.20 is similar when it says, Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Well, we're learning that kids these days are not disciplined. They're not disciplined in the schools. They're not disciplined in their jobs. They're not disciplined at home. And yet God wants us to discipline them. God disciplines us, and we need to discipline our children. In Hebrews 12, 5 through 10, we're told, My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you're reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. God loves us enough that he can't allow us to continue going in the wrong direction. And we should love our kids enough that we discipline them to show them what the right direction is. That passage in Hebrews 12 goes on to say, It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they, the parents, disciplined us for a short time as seemed necessary to them, but God disciplines us for our good so that we may share his holiness. That whole passage in Hebrews 12, 5 through 10 shows the importance of discipline and how we discipline our kids, not because we're mad at them, but because we want to show them what's right and wrong and grow them in the right direction. People talk against spanking these days, but the Bible is very clear that we need to spank our kids when they make mistakes because that's a way to train them that what they're doing is wrong. And we're not talking about something abusive there that's completely different. And then there comes blessing from discipline when a child is disciplined. This one I love in Proverbs seventeen six because it says, Grandchildren are the crown of old men, and the glory of sons is their fathers. So children who were raised up and walk with the Lord are a blessing to their parents and their grandparents. And in Proverbs thirty one twenty eight, talking about the Proverbs 31 woman, it says, her children rise up and bless her. 
Third John 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear of my children walking in truth. Matter of fact, you gave me that plaque about 30 years ago, I think. And I love it, and I love that verse because it is so important. Debbie, we know that the Congress did pass the Parents' Bill of Rights Act. It's out there for the Senate to take a look at and to vote on, and we can hope and pray that they would pass an act like this because as you read it, you can't understand why anybody would be against it. If we can familiarize our listeners with what's in this act, perhaps they can be supportive of it. Yes, and it helps if we will contact our senators and encourage them to pass this bill when it comes up on their floor. Because the main component of the bill would require schools to publicly disclose the contents of their curriculum, as well as their library materials, to the parents. And additionally, the bill would establish the right of parents to see their school's expenditures. Now, a lot of people wouldn't know what to look for, but they will know who the school is paying to come in as experts to speak to their children, and therefore what they're speaking to them about. When you have Planned Parenthood come into the schools, you know that that's going to be promoting sexual activities that certainly are not appropriate for our children. The bill would also ensure that parents are notified of and have to give consent to any medical procedure performed on their child on school grounds. Since this says on school grounds, I'm not sure that it's a huge problem right now. And again, another goal of this act is to ensure that parents who speak out against what's being taught to their children, they don't get retribution from the local or national authorities. In other words, they can use their freedom of speech to speak what's on their mind, to share their concerns without worrying that they're going to be called terrorists. There was a man who was put on the terror watch list simply because he spoke against the curriculum that was being taught in his public school. There's no call for something like that. The bill simply applies checks and balances for parents over their children's education, according to Representative Chip Roy from Texas. Shouldn't we have checks and balances in everything that we do? Of course we should, and that includes our school system. And finally, Representative Fox said parents will finally be empowered to examine classroom curricula and protect the safety and privacy of their children without fear of being targeted by the federal government. This is a very important act. At least it's out there in the public agenda so we can start talking about it. And trust me when I say this is happening in Washington, D.C., but as you said early in the program, there's lots of things going on in our Nebraska legislature that we as parents ought to be concerned about. So I hope you're watching the legislature and you're listening to FIFA when they talk about it so that you can make your voices be known and your concerns be heard. So as we conclude today, we tend to think our kids are growing up like we did, but life and our society has changed so much that's not the case. Expecting our children to learn the truths in school or in church, it's just not going to happen because they're learning only a small amount of Bible in church and a lot of non-Bible in the school system. So we as parents must take the initiative to train up our children in the way that they should go. We must be involved in their education, both their secular education and what they're seeing and what they're reading and explaining to them what's right and wrong, as well as their spiritual education to teach them the truths of the Word of God. You know, there was a time in our country when the Bible was the primary textbook that was used for reading, writing, and arithmetic. Now we can't even talk about the Bible in most schools. 
It's up to us. Will you take the responsibility as a parent or grandparent to train up your child in the Word of God, in the truths of God, so that he or she will be a responsible member of God's kingdom and a responsible member of our society? That's the only way our country is going to change. That's our responsibility, and I hope you'll take it as seriously as we do. Thank you for joining us today on Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank. This is a listener-supported show. If you'd like to support this program or contact Debbie Blank, you may do so at P.O. Box 540-003, Omaha, Nebraska, 68154, or visit our website at livingwordministry.org. Please tune in each week at this same time for Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank.